Modern Pleasure Podcast is sponsored by Adam and Eve. Lean in to your sexual curiosities. Are you ready? Because it's about to get real. Modern Pleasure answers the questions about sex that you've always wanted to ask, but didn't. What she often feels is completely undesirable, and she does not understand what is going on. And oftentimes the woman will say, am I not good looking enough? Are you gay? You know, are you having an affair? Using to them while that their partner was super into them. And then sort of suddenly they can't even get an erection. They don't have any drive for their partner. And they love that partner. They respect that partner. This is the partner they want to share a life with, but they cannot feel their sexuality towards their partner. Thanks for joining us again on Modern Pleasure. We're having some great conversations for sure. And I want to remind you that our friends at Adam and Eve have been very generous in offering our listeners 50% off. If you go to adamandeve.com and use the code MODERN to get 50% off any one item just because you're listening to Modern Pleasure today. Use promo code MODERN, get 50% off, plus free shipping. And who doesn't love free shipping? Plus, Adam and Eve are also sending you three bonus sexy items and six movies for free. Now, this is an exclusive offer just for this podcast, and we're thanking you so much for your support. And so we want you to get something back. So use code MODERN and you get 50% off almost any one item. Code MODERN. M-O-D-E-R-N. Go to adamandeve.com right now. Doesn't matter what you choose. Everything is packaged super discreetly. And that promo again, MODERN. M-O-D-E-R-N. Save some money on some fun stuff to spice things up in your bedroom. Also, if you have a question for Dr. Schuyler, you can email me at kim at modernpleasurepodcast.com and maybe we'll even get you on the podcast. You never know. Hi, Dr. Jenny Schuyler. Hi, Kim. Great to be back. Okay, so I've been gearing up for this conversation. I think it's going to be interesting. I also feel like it is definitely out of the norm of those typical conversations that we've been having or we'll possibly have again. Because when you brought up this topic, I was like, huh? (laughs) What what is this about exactly? Because I've never heard of this. Although, like I mentioned in our last episode, I, I, I have heard of Madonna. She's a singer. I like her song, Like a Virgin. But the Madonna whore complex is not something I'm familiar with, and I'm dying to find out what this is about. Yeah, yeah. So and why? They, and why are we talking about it <laughs> first and foremost? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I think we are talking about this because it's a little known fact around sexuality that a lot of people are actually suffering from. And I say that because I I have a lot of couples in this situation where one person in the relationship 
has this Madonna whore complex. And I want to be clear, I really don't like that language, but it's the language we have in terms of the psychology of this right now. But this Madonna whore complex is this discrepancy in the brain that a lot of Basically, it's it's a thing that people suffer from where it completely turns off their sexuality towards their partner. And that can be tricky, right? We want to be able to fully turn on the dial of our sexuality and let that flow freely. And so if, if there is a full block in the plumbing, then the relationship is going to suffer. And okay. as a sex therapist, as a relationship therapist, my job is to help people relieve their suffering and find the utmost satisfaction and pleasure, both emotionally and sexually. So those of, you know, for those who suffer from Madonna whore complex, whether it's a subtle form of it to a very severe form of it, it's good to kind of know what it is, how to, how to track it in your own body. If, if it's something that plagues you um, and how to solve it. So it's safe to say that somebody who is suffering from this, these feelings or, and it's obviously kind of a psychological feeling or having these barriers when it comes to um, sex with their, their significant other, they may not even have a clue that this is the cause of that issue. They often don't, but when I give it language, it's like, oh yeah, that's me. Yeah. Cause oh it's, it's easy to spot like erectile dysfunction or libido issues or all of these other issues. This sounds to me like it's clearly a psychological thing. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and people know that. So I'll give you an example of how it shows up in the office. And as I mentioned in the last podcast, I want to be really clear that I have full respect and reverence for religions and people's religions and people's autonomy and choice to, to, you know, be in the world however they want to be in the world. So if Catholicism or Christianity is your religion and I'm sitting here talking about Madonna whore complex and you, f- you feel a little bit triggered, I want to say that please know that I fully respect the religion. What I want to say about it is that sometimes some religions, particularly Catholicism in this case, have a lot of rigid narratives around sexuality. There's a lot of good things too, right? So so couples who do wait until marriage oftentimes feel the sacredness of sex in a beautiful way. But if they do get plagued by Madonna whore, it's a struggle. So Madonna whore is oftentimes these messages of sex is a sin, sex is dirty, um, don't you know? Don't masturbate or don't have sex until you're until you're married. Um, on one hand, can really serve the couple to allow for the sacredness of their union, and on the other hand, sometimes a schism can happen in the brain where I can allow myself to have sex with other, with whore, with exotic, but if my partner or my wife is like the Mary Madonna, like the Virgin Mary. Um, She is not to be soiled. She is to be respected and revered. And I should not look at her in any sexual way whatsoever. I just, so, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying. And the only thing that I feel I, I'm, my question right now is, is, does this happen because of childbirth or after childbearing years, or does it matter? It doesn't matter. So what happens, it, it happens in childhood, 
in adolescence, right? The imprint gets lodged into the psyche of the individual and they're okay dating and having sex oftentimes. And then what happens is as the commitment scales up, right? So for some people, it's when they become boyfriend, girlfriend, or when they move in or when they get engaged or when they get married, or certainly when they have kids, this iron curtain comes down and suddenly the brain goes, this is my committed partner. She is the one that I respect and revere. She's not to be sexualized. She's not to be soiled because sexualizing her also means I am soiling her. So if she's not a committed woman in my life, she's the, I hate to use the word whore, but if she's sort of like this other (laughs) non-committal partner, um, then it's okay to have sex. I, they could, you know, the person can feel the fluidity and the sexuality and the arousal. But the moment that that commitment really gets laid down, then it turns off. The sexuality turns off for that person, not for others. <laughs> right. So let's stick with the the. I'm just going to say husband and wife scenario. Sure. So this is a psychological imprint that's primarily on the husband. Does the wife? understand her role in this i mean maybe not or i mean if if he's if he's putting her on this pedestal as somebody that he cannot soil sexually is is that otherwise too is it just sexually and does she feel the effects of this you know this syndrome or or psychological uh issue with her mate Oh, yeah. So when couples come to me with this, what she often feels is completely undesirable and she does not understand what is going on. And oftentimes the woman will say, am I not good looking enough? Um, Are you gay? You know, are you having an affair? Because Mm. using to them while that their partner was super into them and then sort of suddenly, I mean, it scales down, but it can feel sudden. Um, they can't even get an erection. They don't have any drive for their partner. And they love that partner. They respect that partner. This is the partner they want to share a life with, but they cannot allow, They it's very unconscious. So they can't feel their sexuality towards their partner. So the women are devastated by this. Now, I'll say this too, Kim, this can be reversed. I was just going to ask that. Can it happen to the woman too? Totally. So she can internalize the Madonna whore and you know, as long as she's not married or committed, she can be playful and seductive and be the the whore, if you will. But the second that she has a commitment that requires her to be in that sort of Mary Madonna role, whether it's engaged, whether it's married, whether it's now a mother, suddenly it comes down, I, I should not be sexual now, right? Mm. Like, unconscious, which is why I bring it to consciousness. I name it. I ask, does this resonate? For a lot of people, it doesn't. Okay, so we drop it. For a lot of people, they're like, thank goodness there's language. Um, so, yes, it can get internalized. That's really interesting. So it, it, so it would have the same effect on the husband not feeling desired if the wife or the partner is kind of putting them in that situation of, you know, I am not allowing myself to have sex or be sexual because – now I'm in this position of, you know, 
feeling a little holier than thou. I don't know what the word is. I don't know what the term is. How I, I, it's a really hard one for me to wrap my head around. Um, so feeling the responsibility of the religion, right? The religious responsibility is I am now, you know, let's call it wife or mother as wife or mother. My, my role is to be pure. My role is to serve husband or children. Um, and even if they don't take it that far, my role is not to be sexual, is it really right, driven is, by religion, though? Is it is religion the main component here? So, yes and no. I'll have people who have no religion, or they'll, they'll joke that they're a recovering Catholic, and they still can be affected by this because if they grew up in a Catholic upbringing, either going to Catholic school or going to the church, or even just having parents who were Catholic and instilled this mes- message. So it doesn't even you don't even have to step foot into a church to to have this message be imprinted. You know, you could have a parent that goes, oh, that girl down the street wears too low cut of a thing. She's a slut. Right. And then the 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 girl may hear, oh, I should never wear low cut things. My mother will think I'm a slut. Mm-hmm. And that bad. I want my mother's approval. So I don't wear low cut things. And in fact, not only do I not wear low cut things, I'm just going to push away all things that are of that sexual nature. I'm not going to even entertain my sexuality or allow myself the curiosity of that because my mother will call me a slut. I can also see how the mother's influence would infiltrate to the son on seeing those same things about women. Yeah, men or the fathers will say the same messages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting, interesting. And you said this is common. How common is it? I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of people suffer silently, so it's hard to know. Um, when I name it, there's a lot of eye-opening ahas. Not everybody will come to therapy for this. Um, you know, I don't have a huge practice with this. There are There's a segment of my practice, and there always has been my entire career, of people who suffer from this. Um, but I think there's a lot of silent suffering because again, it could be subtle to severe. So if it's just subtle, it can kind of look like, well, you know, maybe I just need Viagra or, well, I need to kind of fantasize about something while I'm having sex with you and okay, I can get by. Mm. Or, well, you know, I have low desire in general, so it doesn't matter. Versus actually low desire, it's I don't allow myself to be sexual because my brain perceives myself as, as needing to be in that sort of Madonna role. But this can happen early on in a relationship, right? I mean, obviously, you know, if couples are wanting to procreate or have babies or whatever, then there's that obligation of duty to procreate, right? But you're saying that this could happen at any point in the relationship early on after they get married or feel that they've made that sacred commitment, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously... In a lot of religions, you know, they would like you to wait to have sex after you're married, especially in the Catholic religion. I know I grew up Catholic. It didn't work for me, but <laughs> that's what they say, right? Um, so I would imagine that if somebody does suffer from this complex, I mean, how long into the relationship is is a point where they start to recognize this feeling of, you know, 
can't do this because, or maybe they don't even recognize it. How, how, I don't, I'm really having a hard time wrapping my head around this. How does somebody, how does somebody, I know you said that it could come in different forms and all that and they don't recognize it, but there's got to be somewhere in their head that they're putting this notion onto their partner. Like they've, they've got to be feeling this or, or sensing this, right? Yeah. So I'll say the subtlety of it is this. So sometimes I'll have the way it gets internalized for women. Oftentimes they'll delineate certain acts. I don't like oral sex and I'll say why giving oral sex. I just don't like it. Do you like receiving it? No, no, no. I definitely don't like it. Well, why? That's a very arbitrary thing. Do I mean, you know, the sensation of it could feel very good if you allow it to at least be explored. No, 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 no. I just don't like it. It's like kind of yucky and slimy, right? That's the internalized message of this. It's sort of like that's a dirty act. Mm. And when you sort of bring it up and sort of dissect it that way, it's like, okay, that, that that's the subtlety of it when it gets internalized. Um, and that can be for either person. You know, I, I, you often see that with oral sex. It's the oral sex dirty act. You know, we don't we don't like to do that one. Um, but intercourse is okay because there's sort of a procreative element to it. Got it. So I, I, I'm understanding a little bit more. That makes more sense. That could also be something that a lot of, well, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, if if I actually do know somebody who is like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. We don't do that. And now I'm wondering, huh, I wonder if maybe there's a little bit of that, you know, Madonna horror complex going on now, because that was kind of the reaction to it that I felt like she was saying, no, that's, that's not okay for me to do because I just don't do that. I'm a good girl. I don't do that kind of stuff. I'm a good, that's the thing. I'm a good girl, which is different, Kim, than, because I get curious. Tell me why not. Because their answer might be, oh, because I was incested and that was forced upon me. Mm. Well, no wonder you don't like it. Right. Right? Trauma there. And so we want to be very respectful with that. So it's not always Madonna whore. Right. But the good girl, good boy language is an indicator. You know, the the impact of religious messaging whether or not you go to the church or not is an indicator. Um, the the ability to ara- be aroused by other, but not your partner, you want to get curious about that too. Especially when it's sort of, there's a sudden onset. It's like, I was into them. My partner didn't change. Nothing really changed except for the commitment level. So I I can see, and maybe I'm just being super stereotypical, but I can see where the male uh, partner in this case in a heterosexual relationship would be more apt to uh, find his sexual desire somewhere else and have that affair. But if yeah, you- so that comes into my office, oftentimes they 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 come in as a couple struggling with an affair. And you, you dig down deeper and he just doesn't feel turned on by his partner, even though oftentimes the partner is like beyond stunning and he objectively kind of knows it, but just cannot allow himself to see her that way. And all the other people he's having an affair with are like, you're like, well, I'm at the head scratch. And yeah. sometimes 
to label this as sex addiction, Tiger Woods. Or or <laughs> maybe no, but but so but what about so if if it's the same situation for a for a woman, how does that how does she, is she going off and having the affair too? Because to me, it seems like well, if you're putting that label of good girl or you know this isn't okay because now I'm you know, married and all that. What is the, how many of these women are going out and having affairs? Not that many. And I'll tell you why. Sometimes, sometimes, because again, and and it's not that they go out seeking the affair, they get caught off guard and seduced into something that they didn't even, they like sort of step into it accidentally. Mm. And then their fire gets turned on. And then they're like, oh, I'm a sexual being. Oh, wait, that lives inside of me. And that's that's where they can kind of get seduced into that affair um, just to be like, wow, I can't believe this lives inside of me. I got to explore this because I thought this was dead for so many years. Yeah, yeah. So so those women might have an affair, but usually women who struggle with Madonna who are shut, they're so good at shutting down their sexuality, they just shut it down. They're not looking to have a sexual affair outside the house. They might have an emotional one, but usually the emotional component of the relationship is sustainable enough. So it's a definitely a different outcome for a man than it is for a woman in this case. Well, women don't have as much testosterone. Okay. And what happens, testosterone is our sex drive hormone. And this is why for a lot of women, our sexual arousal feels more elusive and, and inaccessible because we can't be driven by the testosterone that men have. We have to be driven by the complexity of our mind. We got to be able to know what turns us on and what turns us off. We got to trust in foreplay that arousal has to be built and developed and cultivated versus just, you know, the wind blows or there's a sexy image and my arousal is right there. Doesn't mean that there's a full erection right there. I mean, depends on their age. Yeah. But the arousal is just more accessible. And so what that means is we can repress it more, right? If it's not accessible to us and we're not giving ourselves permission to be sexual anyway, we could bury that pretty deep and ignore it. Men with a lot of testosterone can turn it off towards their partner if they're struggling with Madonna whore, but they can't turn it off altogether because there's still testosterone surging through their body. Right. So they're going to put it somewhere. They either put it into their self-pleasure practice or they put it into an affair. That's very interesting. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Modern Pleasure. I'm Kim K with Dr. Jenny Schuyler, certified sex therapist. And we're talking about something that is quite fascinating to me um, because I'd never really heard about it before. But uh, they call it the Madonna Horror Complex. And this isn't anything new, right? This has been something that uh, people have been talking about for quite some time. Um it's it it kind of resembles a lot of different uh, thought processes processes that go into our brain. As Dr. Jenny says, that is our biggest sex organ that we have, and that makes a lot of sense too, right? Whereas y- you block yourself from that pleasurable uh, uh, experience because you've kind of put a label on yourself, right, or a label on somebody else. Um, when, when couples find themselves, uh, in this situation, how it, to me, it seems like it's a very psychological thing to get out of, you know, it's not necessarily about 
I mean, I don't know. You're the doctor. How do you navigate your way back into a different thought process? Yeah. Um, so this is the one of the most tricky things to work with as a therapist. I'll say that. I can and, imagine. <laughs> yeah. And it really takes the willingness of the person working to want to make a change. Well, and because that, because of of the of where this this complex sort of digs its roots from, I mean, it it is definitely a deep seated psychological feeling, right? I mean, like you said, this could happen from childhood. You could have these. The, let's just bring the narrative back in, right? It's like you've been taught through either your church or your parents or anybody of significant influence that this is how it's supposed to be, or maybe not how it's supposed to be, but anything that they're they're putting their influence on definitely comes back. Like you said, um, you know, maybe your mother looked at a, a woman who was wearing a low-cut dress, put her label on it, and that's the label that you've stuck with in terms of your significant other and does this which leads the question you know is it just about sex or is it about behavior is it about clothes is it about what they wear is it about what they do like if it's a husband to wife situation even example of a couple I saw um and she was the most stunning beautiful woman I mean let's just put her into like the Barbie doll category of the social narrative around beauty and youth. She fit it. Stunning. I mean, just objectively, you know, every, I I watched her walk into the waiting room and heads would turn. Mm. And this man struggled and could not have sex with her for years. And she would wear, she would come in to, to, to session with like different fashionable, sexy outfits with beautiful outfits, right? She tried to do the hot thing and then she tried to do the beautiful thing. And there's a difference there. I don't know if you heard that Joe Rogan podcast where he differentiates that. It's great. But like, you know, she tried both. She was really trying to turn him on. He was very lost in all his affairs anyway because he had deemed her the Madonna. But he loved her and he spoiled her. And he objectively knew she was beautiful. He just could not get an erection with her. So it so, wasn't for lack of trying. Oh yeah, he tried. He just it just didn't work. Oh, so it wasn't the fact that he didn't find her desirable. No, he didn't. He, he thought he could he could objectively see her as beautiful and love her and respect her, but if she laid there in a bikini or naked, nothing happened for him. He just could not access his arousal. He's like I I can't see you that way. I just can't, I can't do that. That is so interesting. But he must have at some point before they ever, were they married? They never even made, they, they lived together. They, they, they were on the verge of um, getting engaged and they ended up not doing it because she was like, I can't, I can't enter a full life with you. So that, so that just, that just, you know, muddies the water a little bit more because he hadn't even made that commitment of marriage where you would think that this is when that psychological part kind of starts, right? But you're saying it actually started before then for this couple. I think it's, they, they noted this when they moved in. 
so she had her own apartment. They were dating. They honestly, they dated for a few years and they were fine. It was when she moved in with him that this happened. That's really interesting. And that's what happens for a lot of, I've got a couple in their 20s. They're in their mid to late-ish 20s. And it, for them too, it's the moment that they started to live together. Because oh. that's another level of commitment. It symbolizes, oh, we're living together. Right? Think about it. If you grow up Catholic and you're not supposed to be having sex before marriage, moving in together is a big deal. That's uh, true. Right? I keep forgetting the religious component to all of this. Yeah. Is it just about the desire and sex or is it also does it also migrate into other behaviors that are not deemed, you know, uh, uh, OK as far as like I can see I, I'm going to use an example because I'm having a hard time articulating this because I'm still like cross eyed over it. Um, I I was married once before and. It was, I remember that I had, and we had two children, and I remembered that I started working with another job, and at the time, I was driving a, you know, minivan, right? We all had the minivan with the kids. I'm not a minivan kind of person. I'm just not, you know? I always had, like, cute little cards and all that. Well, when I got into this sales position, I didn't want to be driving around in a minivan. And so I said, hey, listen. And it was, you know, basically my car. And we were having issues anyway. And I said, uh, I'm I'm going to um, get another car. And he said, well, well, what kind of car are you going to get? He goes, no, I won't allow it. And I'm like, well, screw you. You're not going to allow it. I'm going to get one anyway. And I did. And I bought myself a cute little BMW. And I was really happy about it. And his comment to me was, you can't drive around in a BMW. You're a mother. And I went, okay. And and the reason why I bring up this comparison is I'm wondering, is it just about sex or is it about other factors? You know, you can't, you can't be this or you can't do this because I'm holding you on this pedestal. You're my Madonna. You're not supposed to think or feel or do these things. Or is it, and and I'm asking this because I have no idea, or is it just about that sexual desire? I love that story, Kim. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm going to say probably everything. I, I see it as it impacts our sexuality because that's what people come in the door leading with. Um, but hearing that story is so interesting because my, my next question to you is what did sex look like? Was he, did he seem to be, did he struggle with you in that way? Or was he just about the car? No, he did. He struggled. Well, we both did. There was a lot of factors, but the, but it seemed like as soon as we got married, things changed. Like his... It wasn't about sex, though. It was about, I think it was more about control. But ultimately, the marriage didn't work. And and a lot of it had to do with that comment. (laughs) You know, you're a mother. And I went, oh, this is not going to go well for for me. Yourself, Kim, way to liberate yourself and be in your autonomy and in your power. And yeah, I, I mean, could that be a form of Madonna horror? I think so. Why not? Yeah, like that, exactly. You are a mother. You do not do this. Yeah. So here's the subtlety of Madonna whore. Because I'll have men come in and tell me this 
or I'll get them alone and they'll tell me, well, I can get aroused by her. I can get aroused with her, but I'm not with her. I am way off in my fantasy. Mm. I'm with her. That's really interesting. Um, so how do how do you navigate your way out of this? I mean, you said that this was like one of the trickier things. Um, mm-hmm. What is it? What What do you do? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you how I work it. I mean, one, I got to be gentle and lead with the curiosity to make sure that this is the right label. Mm-hmm. And then the person has to accept it, right? Because I might be able to – I sniff it out a lot and some people are not willing to accept it and wear it. So I it's, I can't impose my agenda. It has to come from them. Um, those who accept it and realize, yeah, that's me and I want to work on it, then there has to be the motivation to work on it. And that's not always the case because it's hard to work on. And there's a few different ways to kind of work on it. But the main thing you're trying to go after is integrate these two sides of your brain to allow the respect and reverence that that the person still holds for their partner, right? This is my Mary Madonna. I have respect and reverence for her. But I'm also allowed to objectify her. I'm also allowed to sexualize her. I'm also allowed to see her as a lover, and giving yourself that permission. And it's not just me giving, sometimes I can give somebody permission and they're off to the races, right? Like you, <laughs> you're like, I got it. Worked right. well. <laughs> getting, off I go, right? This is not, this is not, I give you permission to sexualize your lover and off you go, right? This is like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And so it's, that's where I say the real work comes in because there's a few different approach. You know, you could take a different approaches, with this. You know, if you look at it, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds of psychological theory, um, but one theory I like to use is internal family systems. And and the idea there is we we are a multitude of lots of different sub-personalities or parts. And two of these personalities or parts are the Madonna and the whore, right? Or the part of me that sees you as Madonna and the part of me that sees you as whore. And so the idea is get these parts to meet each other right? Unburden the narratives. Like, why does it serve you to see that person as Madonna? And why does it serve you to see, not see her as whore? Yeah. Like, so, so how do you unpack the narratives? And it isn't knowing the narrative. It's, it's going back into the narratives and going, oh, I remember that comment my mom made. I remember the comment that so-and-so, you know, some religious person made or, you know, or just sort of like the inherent messages there and how they got downloaded. And, and so that's part of the work, you know, and, and the other part is to really just starting to practice allowing the, the objectification to live in the relationship and allowing objectification to be a good thing. And I don't mean like, you don't want to just go objectify humans, right? I'm not sort of saying that. Yeah. That's a tricky word. It's a tricky word, but. But you do want to be able to objectify your lover so that you can see them as sexual too. Because the respect and the reverence is there and dialed in. You're you're blending it with, oh, but you're also this person that gets me aroused. Can, I'm allowing your skin to tantalize me. I, I have when let's can we can we kind of destruct the word objectify in this situation? Yeah. 
So I'll do an exercise, Kim. Okay. Um, oh, couple. goody. And we'll, we'll pretend George is here. Let's do a pretend George. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> so what I'll say to you, here's I call it casting couch. Um, and I've called it casting couch long before Jeffrey Epstein was a thing, by the way. <laughs> I was just going to say that. that term for me. Oh, boy. Um, so I call it casting couch. And I basically say, I want you to pretend that I am a porn director. I want you to pretend that I'm blind. I want you to pretend that you are the marketing agent and your partner here, your spouse, is the actor or actress. And you are trying to sell them to me for my video. But I can't see them, so you got to use your words. So I want you to really get in there and be salacious. Take off the censor, right? Take off the no censorship, no filter. Let yourself objectify your partner, right? Like, Go into the parts of them that you find sexy and salacious and fun and tell me why this person would be good for the porn video. Oftentimes I start with, well, I, you know what? Let's do the exercise, Kim. Can, can you oh, pretend? Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, so I'm blind. You're <laughs> agent. Can't see your husband. Actually, I've really only seen him for like a passing moment on the screen anyway. So sell him to me. And it's porn. So – so, so I have to, oh my God, he's going to hate this. So I have to sell him in a way that I'm sort of describing everything because it's porn, right? You need to know. Yeah. Okay. Well, Allow yourself to see him in that way. Oh my gosh. This is crazy. Right? I can't see him. So you got to sell him to my video. Okay. Well, first, <laughs> first of all, he's Latin. So he's Yummy. he's dark skinned. He is uh, tall, six foot. He's got a nice build. Um, he has a shaved head, but a goatee and mustache. And he has a um, a, a nice ass <laughs> with a birthmark on it. Oh my God, he's gonna hate me. <laughs> and and I, you know, and I'm just gonna say this, honey. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. This is therapy. Um, I tell him all the time. See, I'm not. I'm not a prude. I tell him all the time that he. Pause, pause Kim. Yes. Just check that narrative. That I'm not a prude. Oh my gosh! Here we go with the narratives again. <laughs> Just, I just want to like. No, it's it's good. It's good. I I didn't even know that was a narrative. <laughs> yeah. Right, keep going. Keep going. You meaning prude is a is a term that is gotcha, gotcha. I hear you. I hear you. But what I, I bad. Go ahead. What I what I say to him all the time is that he has the nicest penis I have ever seen in my life. So, eh, you take it from there. <laughs> No, I can't. I'm blind. What about it? Do you what like I, the size, the shape? Do you like the smell? Do you like the way it feels in I, your mouth, in your vulva? Where, what, what do you like about it? I can't believe we're doing this. I like, I never thought this was going to go take this turn over here. I like, I like everything about it. I like the way it feels. The size is perfect. 
it and and he likes to keep his um you know he manscapes so everything's nice and smooth down there too so it feels really good and um it's uh it 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 fits well everywhere <laughs> and um and it's actually quite attractive <laughs> it's a nice color <laughs> Um, I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, yeah, I think where sexiest, like right out of the shower, in the shower, in his gym clothes, in a suit. What do you find? Like, when is he? When are you like? He's the sexiest man to me right now. He's the sexiest man to me when he walks around in the morning after he first gets up because he never wears underwear and. You can, but he has a T-shirt on, so it's just kind of sneaking out a little. Yeah, teasing, teasing. Yes, and I don't know if he does that on purpose or not. He very well could be, but um, he was (laughs) nervous. Oh my gosh! You know, I'm I might need marriage counseling after this because he might be just like, okay, TMI, TMI. Be over the moon. Don't worry about it. He's going to be so happy that you are able to sexualize him this way. I guarantee it. He's not going to. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. All these listeners are going to be like, "Go, Kim. I'm jealous." Yeah. Lover of the story, great. <laughs> until until he finds out that my mother heard the the episode, then he well, so she'll plug her ears. But you know, <laughs> you know, I want you to check something out for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to feel your body for a moment and see as you were describing that to me. Do you feel the the desire for obligatory sex, or do you feel a little desire for him? After I've just described him to you, yeah. uh, I I feel desire for him that that yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, just, can you give me fifteen minutes? I'll be right back. <laughs> 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 Am I only? I might only need ten. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy! I asked for it though, didn't I? But there it is. You just took, I mean, here we just integrated all of it, right? Yeah. All of our little episodes of this is you taking responsibility for your arousal. You're like, all right, I, I'm going to, I'm going to see him this way. So, I'm going to allow myself to see him this way. So I'm going to describe him this way. This word objectify is, is exactly what I just did in that sense, right? Okay. Interesting. I, I think you kind of objectified <sighs> him. Okay. <sighs> In a good, like, it doesn't have to be a dirty word. It can be like, oh, and maybe you don't want to use the word objectify, but certainly sexualize. Right, right. Wow. Okay. We're going to get back onto this discussion of the, of, (laughs) of our Madonna whore complex. Um, I'm, I'm feeling a little flushed, but uh, Dr. Schuyler actually knows a lot about Adam and Eve and their products. And you've been, you've been working with them for a long time. Four years. Four plus years. Yeah, I've had a four-year relationship with them, and I call it a relationship because it really is. They're very sex positive. They support, you know, all the topics I like to talk about. They like to hear my feedback. It really is a good relationship that's respectable and um, full of full of positivity. It's really beautiful. And they've got a great story, too. They've got a great story. We should do another podcast one time on their story. That would but be great. I'll put this listeners for now. 
go check out their website. There's a lot of cool products. If you're listening, you get a 50% discount using the word modern for modern pleasure podcast, M-O-D-E-R-N. And I mean, 50% discount and free shipping is great. So go just explore, have fun, let your, let your free wild side out and the shipping. You did mention that the shipping is discreet. It really is. It comes in a very discreet box because I'll have couples say, oh, I don't want to order anything. It's going to come in a flashy box and everybody's going to know I have a rabbit now. No, they don't even put Adam and Eve on the box label because oh, really? they know. It has to be discreet. It's got to yes. be discreet. That's good to know, right? Yeah. Open the box because I've definitely had my babysitter open the box once because my kids were like, a box, a box. And Uh-oh. that was an interesting event. <laughs> wow. And also you get those three bonus sexy items. Let's not forget about that. And six free movies. So, And we really do appreciate you listening to Modern Pleasure. We're having so much fun doing this and learning a lot. And so just because you're listening, uh, our friends at Adam and Eve are definitely giving you the specific discount. So head over to adamandeve.com and use the code MODERN to get 50% off any one item. Check out all their fun stuff. And uh, maybe you'll take 15 minutes for yourself in the middle of the day. Oh, boy. Dr. Schuyler, this has been quite a conversation. You actually, I think I blushed there for just a little bit and had no no reason to expect that would happen today. Um, but Kim, thank you for that vulnerability and courage, because that is good. Hey, and that's, what, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> go back to the bedroom and tell him even one third of what you just told all these listeners. He'll be fully turned on right if you're like oh george you know i really like the shape and the color of your penis we'll be like great (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm gonna try that and then i'm gonna sit down with my deck of cards and go hey honey (laughs) (laughs) we talked about playing strip poker in our last episode and that's something i'm definitely bringing back um getting back to our subject uh i think we were on that path of I know you said that this is a really tricky thing to uh, help couples with because it it can range in, in a lot of different uh, areas, right? You know, like you said, you have to kind of uh, approach it very carefully. Um, so what do couples do? How, how, what are, what are the, what are the ways that they can get past this? Yeah, I mean, so some of the, it's doing some of these exercises like I just named, right? And like yeah. breaking the seal on that permission to see partner as sexual. I think that's a key piece. You know, sometimes I'll have them do it, it, every every person's different, right? So I, I have to kind of play to their personalities. But some people are really artistic. I'll have them do a vision board. I had this one woman do a vision board. She had internalized her. Madonna whore and saw herself as only the Madonna. So I said, I want you to go find a bunch of images of women that inspire you that are sensual, like essentially, like really get in there and and put on a vision board. So she had like Beyonce dancing and she, she just had a lot of cool women do, you know, in different positions, empowered in their beauty, empowered in their sensuality and in their sexuality in sort of sometimes in sort of salacious positions, but still like not, it's sort of like for me, like it was like a, uh, for me. And what she was trying to go for was 
I want to be sexual for me, right? I, I can, I can play with my sensuality for me. And then I would have them play. So same woman um, and other women, I'll have them play with wardrobe, right? In private, put on something a little more risque and just feel what your body and then, and meditate with that, meditate with that, move with that in the mirror, play with that, see how that feels, try that on, try to get a little more familiar with allowing that to be present. And you don't even have to go into public yet this way, right? What is it like to do that in private? And 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 you're referring to the woman as the person who is the object, the Madonna object, correct? Well, that's the this is when it's an internalized Madonna whore. So for the for the partner, for the male partner, for instance, who is trying to see his partner as sexy and 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 as his lover, right? You know, where can he integrate her into his fantasies? Mm share some fantasies with her? Is he willing to listen to her fantasies, right? Are they willing to sort of do some playful interventions that kind of, you know, yes, he might need to fantasize to kind of get there, but can he take some moments to be present with her and then go back to fantasy and then titrate back and forth between fantasy and being present, fantasy and being present, And in the present moments, allowing for there to be both love, respect, reverence, and my arousal, Hmm. right? Can Can I take the inspiration from the world that arouses me and infuse it into my relationship with my partner, right? And so that titration becomes less and less until he's able to be pretty present with his partner. Again, that's work, right? If we're so easily distracted by our fantasies to come out of fantasy and be present, there has to be a willingness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Complex too. Right. Yeah. It works. It de- I mean, it definitely works, but it, it, motivation, person motivation is, is the key piece on, on success rate. I have a, another question. Um, you know, uh, a lot of, I've heard a lot of things, um, you know, especially when it comes to men, um, about how it's funny that they find spouses that are very reminiscent of their own mothers, you know. Is that part of this complex, do you think? Or is that no, something that's different? Humanity. That's what? That's humanity. Freud called that repetition compulsion. We compulsively repeat the past. And then Harville Hendricks, you know, with his Imago therapy sort of redid it in his way. But the idea is that because our imprint, our intimacy imprint is so downloaded in our system. And if it didn't go well for whatever reason, emotional neglect, abuse, whatever, helicopter parents, if it didn't go so well, what happens in adulthood is we're like, sorry, that's my dog. It's okay. It doesn't go so well. We go, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redo it. I'm going to, I'm going to attract some iteration of my parents, either one parent or both parents, and I'm going to get it right this time, except we end up just trying to (laughs) recreate our parents. Yeah. Well, that's, that always isn't a a good idea sometimes, (laughs) especially in the bedroom, right? I mean, it's inevitable that we are driven towards some iteration of our parents because that's what's familiar. It's the devil, you know. Huh. The, but that doesn't mean it's a it's a deal breaker. It just means you can't project all your crap from childhood onto your partner. I just wondered if that had played in any way a factor or role into the Madonna whore image 
I mean, we talked earlier about how it's mostly kind of a religion thing, but does that upbringing with um, your parents' influence uh, in that way add anything to that psychological barrier? Maybe, but only if that if the boyfriend then projects mom onto you in the bedroom, and then if he sees you as his mother in the bedroom, and he doesn't get turned on. Oh, I then, see. Different right? thing. Different it's thing. Thing. The Madonna whore. It's a common thing because we end up projecting lots of you know mom dad stuff onto our partners in and out of the bedroom. So you know, being conscious of that and not projecting that is a really huge part about our of our human evolution um and success as a as as a as a human and as a couple but i think that's a little bit different than madonna a little bit different you know what i really like about these conversations is no question is off limits you know and and i i remember thinking when before we even started this you know we had a number of conversations about what we thought this would be like and felt like gosh, you know, I'm going to sound stupid if I say this or if I ask this question, I'm just going to feel like I don't know anything or, or you know, feeling uncomfortable about bringing certain things up. And, you know, it's the way we learn, right? And And one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast is to allow that vulnerability to come through to ask questions, whether, <laughs> you know, they're you know, and for example, the question I just asked, it, it's nothing is off limits. And I encourage anybody who has a question to send me an email at Kim at modern pleasure podcast.com and ask your questions for Dr. Schuyler. She is definitely there to answer them. And perhaps, you know, uh, we may give you a call back and if we find that you've got something extraordinary that we want to talk about, we might bring you into it. <laughs> and then maybe Dr. Schuyler can have a, uh, a um, what, did, what did we do? A little session, not a session. We had a, a experiment, you know. Experiment. Yes. Yeah. We, we did a little experiment, which was, which was very interesting to say the least. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, pose your questions, Kim at modernpleasurepodcast.com, and we'll be happy to answer them. Can I offer one more intervention if you do struggle with Madonna Whore? Because we only talked about a few. Oh, Um, absolutely. Home videos. So if, if let's say George struggled with, George doesn't struggle with this. Let's say there's a man that struggles with this because we're, we're sort of on this idea of the heterosexual couple for now. Yeah. And please know, listeners, we will diversify. Um, but if he's struggling, another way is to make a home video of his spouse. And he could do it from behind, right? Don't look at her face yet, but just a behind the video. And then she sort of turns, right? So what is it like to see on the screen your partner, right? Your partner offering this sensuality and this sexuality. Interesting. Playing with different dynamics, right? You're you're trying to like open that schism in the brain and allow in your partner in a sensual, sexual way. So they're not just pigeonholed or compartmentalized into Mary Madonna. So you're talking about home video. Yeah. Yeah. Home video. Yeah. Phone. Yes, yes. Yes. Huh. Yeah. You you you've kind of mentioned this um 
pornography type of issue, like uh, the the porn director or whatever, is is this a common fantasy? I know. I'm going to admit I've had these fantasies before, where I'm you know part of a a, a porn movie and somebody's directing me. What is it about that? Is I feel like this is a common thread. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we should do a whole episode on um, eroticism. <laughs> we could talk for hours. <laughs> the erotic brain work and the different layers of of erotic templates. And there's a great book too. But you um, but you bring it into play for this particular subject. So obviously, it's a very powerful tool. Well, if if a man is struggling with Madonna whore, he often has a strong relationship with porn because he's not having sex with his partner. So it's either porn gotcha. and or an affair. Gotcha. So that's where I say let's make that which he's already probably using. Um, let's let's integrate that into his spouse, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we sort of play with those dynamics. Interesting. Or, you know, your fantasy, Kim, is super interesting too because that is, <laughs> you know, I'm going to do another exercise. I feel it coming. <laughs> Somebody's controlling me, but it's my fantasy. So, really, I'm controlling the fantasy, right? Yeah. It's the yeah, same yeah. why we have rape fantasies. Nobody actually wants to be really raped. Okay. Now, I've rape, never had that. The rape fantasies, I'm in control of it. Oh, interesting. I get to run the narrative. Hmm. Yeah, that that would be a fun fun, fun episode is to talk about fantasies and stuff like that. Wow, we could go on and on and on. Next episode is, uh, I think think we really need to bring my husband in on this one, mismatched libidos. Um, I'm going to try. I don't know if, I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm definitely going to try. And that's going to be a, I know this is a very common issue. I could probably count on both hands the number of people that I know, women especially, that that complain about their libido. So that's going to be a fun topic. And that will be next time on Modern Pleasure Podcast. Again, thank you so much for joining me. Dr. Schuyler, really appreciate your time. As always, I learn so much and um, and I, I can honestly say that my thought process in terms of not only my sexuality, but of that of my partner has uh, definitely uh, changed in terms of how I look at things. And I thank you for that. And I really hope that anybody listening is getting the same uh, satisfaction out of these conversations that I am. Join us next time for Modern Pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us. And don't forget, get 50% off on almost any one item at adamandeve.com. Whatever your fantasy, find what you need from lube to tube because you get six free movies and three bonus sexy items plus free shipping just by using code word modern at checkout. Adam and Eve has a lot of great items, no matter what level you're on, beginner, expert, or somewhere in between, Adam and Eve is a great resource. And this is specifically for you. So don't wait. Do it today. AdamandEve.com, promo code MODERN. We will see you next time on Modern Pleasure.